you're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible, through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's Word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become Girlfriends in the Word. Happy Wednesday, friends. I am so glad to be with you again on this podcast. And for those of you that have been listening every week, we're going to take a slight detour into the way that the podcast has been running for the last several weeks. We've had some interviews with some amazing women as we've done conversations with Christian women. And we have also been doing deep dive series into specific books of the Bible. And for those of you that know, in the last several weeks of my life, or if you've known about my story or my family or where we're from, we live in Southwest Florida. And at the time of this podcast recording, we are in the midst of recovering and rebuilding from what was a devastating, catastrophic Cat 5 hurricane when Hurricane Ian made landfall at the end of September. And so for the next several weeks, I just wanted to be really authentic with you as to the fact that all of this is really hard, but there's been a beautiful sense of God's sovereignty and his presence. And even to the details of the fact that years ago, I had started a Bible reading plan with my small group and at the midst and the height of the rebuilding and the the struggle that we have as everything around us has been destroyed, God in his sovereignty has us studying the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, which is all about rebuilding. And so I just wanted to share with you this week some lessons from the book of Ezra that I think are so important for us to pay attention to. So this week, what I want to do is offer you some encouragement from God's word, because as much as I love to study the word and sift everything out of it and learn all the things, there is such a beauty that comes when we just sit with God's word and we're encouraged by it. And so we're going to look at a couple chapters in the book of Ezra. But before we do that, I do want to give you some context to the story. See, Ezra is a scribe and he's living in captivity in the kingdom of Persia. But he shouldn't be there because the people of Israel have been in captivity for 70 years. See, before this, God had the people of Israel in the promised land. And in the book of Joshua and Judges, first and second Samuel, and then into the kings, The people were in the land that God had given them, and they were given a specific commands in the covenant that they were to follow. In the book of Deuteronomy, God told them, if you do these specific things, then it will go well with you in the land. And if you don't do these things, if you don't worship me, if you don't follow these laws, then you'll have covenant curses. And so the people took on that covenant. They cut covenant with the Lord. They said, yes, we're going to do all the things that you've asked us, Lord, and and we want to live in the land and we want to do things your way. Well, generation after generation comes along and the people don't follow through with what they have said they were going to do. And so by the time you close the story of the kings at the end of Chronicles, the people are taken into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar comes in and he captures the southern kingdom of Judah. And for the next 70 years, the people are in captivity in these Gentile nations. And so this is where the story of Ezra picks up. And so In chapter 1, verse 1, the scriptures tell us, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord, spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. 
And so basically the next chapter is that proclamation and it gives the details. And then chapter two goes into a list of who it is that comes out of exile to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed 70 years before. And I just sit in verse one in a season of my life where everything feels broken and there's devastation all around. And I'm humbled by the fact that even the Israelites who had really screwed things up for generations and were under covenant judgment, that wasn't the end of the story. The people were done with their season of exile and there was a new exodus that was coming for them. But all of this was about to happen because God was faithful to his word. And so in that single verse, in that opening statement of this book, I have such hope and I'm, I'm reminded and encouraged that all the seasons, whether good or bad, they do come to an end. And that even in the midst of the seasons that just feel so hard or so destroyed or so broken, that God is still faithful to his word. In seasons where we feel far away from him or we, we feel like we can't hear his voice or we don't know what he's doing and we, we just don't understand the things, God is faithful to his word. And what hope that had to have been for the Israelites who had been away from their promised land for 70 years, an entire generation or even two, and they had no recollection of that. But they understood the covenant-keeping God. And so for me personally, in a season of rebuilding and redoing everything, the reminder that God is faithful is so encouraging. Now, I often think, Part of the problem that we have in remembering that God is faithful to his word is that we're often a people who don't know God's word. If we're honest, I mean, truly, truly honest with ourselves, we think a lot of God's principles are promises instead of really actually knowing what his promises are. And we get our theology from songs instead of scripture. And if we would just spend time in his word and be so absorbed in his word, It would give us the wisdom to discern what his promises actually are and what they aren't. And that was the beauty of who Ezra was. He was a scribe. He was learned in the law of Moses. He understood the scriptures and he knew what God's word had said. And so I find that to be such hope and such encouragement because when we become people, women who study God's word, we get to hold on to his promises. And we know that we know that we know regardless of the circumstances that we see, God is faithful to his promises, that he is faithful to his word. And so one of the promises that God's people knew was that they were not a people that needed to fear, regardless of what their natural eyes saw, that whatever their circumstances were in front of them, they did not need to fear. That's one of the promises that I see from Genesis to Revelation, that God consistently, repeatedly, fervently tells us over and over and again, we don't need to fear because he is with us. And so in chapter three of the book of Ezra, in verse four, as an entire group of people have left Persia, they're moving back to Israel to do the work at the temple, and they begin to rebuild the altar before they rebuild the temple. Chapter three of verse three reads, despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. And I 
love that because I think so many times, especially in Christian circles, especially in church culture, we have this notion that we're going to be able to step into the things that God has called us to do. And we're suddenly going to be without fear because we're commanded to not fear that we're just going to step into the season and all of our fear is going to poof, disappear, or that we're not going to have opposition, that the enemy isn't going to come after us. But what I love about the book of Ezra is that they were afraid and they kept following God's command to rebuild. They kept doing the assignment that God had given them despite their fear and the opposition because they held on to the promise that God was with them, that they could have the emotional instinct of fear and then surrender it to the father and continue on in the work that he had called them to. And honestly, this makes me think about the people who had gone into the promised land the first time when Israel was outside of the land and they had come out of Egypt and they sent spies into the land to clear the land and to to tour it and to spy on it and see what the inhabitants of the land were like. The first time they came to the land, they were afraid and God called them out for their fear and they cleared the land of its inhabitants. But now the people are back and they're surrounded on all sides. And this time God doesn't remove the people from around them. They do it despite their fear. And I think there's such an important lesson to be learned there. That God calls us to things and he gives us assignments that are far too big for us. Because he's meant to do it with us. He's meant to walk it out with us. God gave us the job that we have today, knowing it would be too much for us to bear because we were never meant to bear it. We were never meant to carry the weight of the work alone. We were meant to surrender it to God and say, God, I can't do this. I'm terrified. This is far too big and far too much for me, but I need you to help me do it. And I've got to be honest with you, as I sit back and I survey my life and I look at all the different areas that God has called me to do things in, the work in every single one of them is far too big for me. It's just overwhelming. The thought of homeschooling my children, running a business, writing and podcasting and ministry and managing small groups and being good in my marriage and taking care of my home and all the other things, it's all too much. And then you add on a Category 5 hurricane with devastation everywhere and the task of rebuilding a community and a situation around us, and it's just far too much. And so I look at the story of Ezra and I look at the people and I say, you know what? They did it afraid because they knew that God was with them. So today, friend, I don't know what you are facing. I know I'm facing some big things, but I imagine you are too. I imagine the things that you are looking at in your life are big and scary because I know I hear it from women every single week. As we sit down and we talk about our struggles, everything is big and scary. And so my encouragement for you today is to remember God's word. Remember his promises of scripture, the primary one being that we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to walk in fear because he is with us. And that the things that are surrounding us, we can tackle them. We can meet the challenge head on. Even if we are feeling the emotions of fear because we can surrender them to the Father, we can hand them over to the Lord and he will walk through the situations with us. He will equip us. He will encourage us 
in our faith as we take those steps forward. So this week, girl, do it afraid. Whatever it is that God has put on your heart, whatever the assignment is that he has in front of you, it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how overwhelming it is. Do it afraid because God is with us and we can leave that fear there at his feet and move forward in faith. So have a great week, my friends. I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum.